After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Chad Karasaki, Managing Director of March in Hawaii. Chad has overseen the successful payment of more than $50 million for Hurricane Iniki claims as state head of the world's leading insurance broker and strategic risk advisor. Outside the insurance industry, he staunchly supports various community organizations, including Aloha United Way. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Chad Karasaki. Welcome to our show, Chad. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us about Marsh? Sure. Uh, Marsh is a uh, Fortune 500 company publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. We're the largest risk management brokerage and consulting firm worldwide. Uh, we've been in Hawaii since 1972. Uh, our firm acquired a local agency called Ackerman Chillingworth, which was founded by a gentleman named Mert Chillingworth here locally. And uh, we've been in operation here for over 30 years. So although we are a national firm, we really consider ourselves a Kamayana company. When did you get involved in the company and um, actually lead the Hawaii division? I joined Marsh in 1986 in the Portland, Oregon office, and I just assumed uh, the head of office here in Hawaii three years ago. But I moved to Hawaii in June of 1990, so I've been home for 17 years now. Did you start the Hawaii office, or had it already been here? No, it had been here since 1972. So it was, it was well on its way by the time I got here. So when you were living in Portland and then you moved back to Hawaii, what were you doing within that time? I went to college at the University of Portland. I uh, graduated from high school in 1980 from St. Joseph's in Hilo. Went to the University of Portland, graduated in 84, started working at Marsh in 86 in the Portland office. Okay, but you said that you went from Portland, you moved from Portland to Hawaii, mm -hmm. and then um, just three years ago, you, jo um, you joined Marsh. So no, actually, I, I came back in 1990 with Marsh, worked at the firm until now, but it took that long to, uh, <laughs> to get... Moved up. Yes. Okay. Started at the bottom, worked my way up, outlasted and everybody. That's the only company yeah. that you've been with then, right, Marsh? I had a couple of other jobs from, you know, 84 to 86 before I joined Marsh, but ostensibly it's been my entire career. Right. What, what makes you stay with the company so long? Uh, it's, a, it's a great organization. It, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a leader in the industry. They've been very fair uh, to me, my family, and, you know, we have great benefit programs. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's been something that, you know, although I, I have the benefit of being with the firm for 21 years now, um, you know, it... it it's just, it's the miracle of compound interest, I guess, for lack of a better term. Can you tell us about your climb to the top, though? What prepared you, the steps that happened in order for you to lead, and was that your ultimate goal? I, I think, at least for me personally, when, whenever you start something, you want, you want to try to do the best you can. I don't think from the very beginning I thought that I would be leading the organization only because I was brand new to Hawaii, and it was a well-established brand, 
and I, I didn't know anybody. Uh, so, you know, I think it was just a matter of showing up every day, working hard, doing the best you can. And, and you know, as one of my early mentors told me when I was starting off, the cream rises. And I, I think that just a lot of hard work and, and, a, and good support and a lot of great mentoring helped a lot. So who would you consider as your primary mentor? Well, Mert Chillingworth, the, the gentleman that founded uh, the firm, brought me back to Hawaii. Uh, even while I was working in the Oregon office, every time I came home for vacations or anything, I'd go bother him in the office. And, uh, you know, he always had an open door for me and told me when I was ready to come back, he'd bring me back. And when I was ready to come back, sure enough, he, he was a man of his word and he brought me back. And... Uh, you know, he, he has taught me, I think, from the standpoint of anyone I've ever known in business, that, uh, you know, the more you give, the more you get. Because Mert uh, Chillingworth is probably the, the most generous person I've ever seen as far as someone, I think, that, that understands that, you know, you can only have so much. And then part of, of what you get in life is giving to others. And uh, Mert was so generous in that way. And he continues to this day to be... Um, he retired in 1992. Still comes into the office a couple times a week, and uh, you know we we cherish his uh, guidance and friendship to this day. He's you know, he's got to be 76 years old now. So did he actually sit you down and tell you these things, or you just watched his example? Yeah, Mert's not the kind of guy to really sit you down and and uh, and, and give you long pep talks or anything like that. But it it was just more watching him watching how he interacted with people and, and how he treated everyone from the, you know, the receptionists up through the, the senior executives, really in, in the same way, with, with fairness and equity. And, and he always made sure that uh, he let you know how important you were to the company. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. We're back with Chad Karazaki, Managing Director of Marsh in Hawaii. Marsh is one of the biggest companies in the world. What keeps you from moving to the mainland or another international division and going for bigger and better things? Uh, because we live in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, you know, certainly the Hawaii operation of Marsh is, is not a, a big operation from the standpoint of the firm. And I think to the extent that someone like me wanted to rise higher within the, the mothership, I guess, of Marsh, it, I'd be better served to, to be in one of the larger offices in the mainland somewhere. But, you know, I'm, I'm a local boy. I spent way too long growing up. I, I was away from Hawaii from 1968 to 1990 
with only a three-year window in between when I was back. And so, you know, I spent most of my life trying to get back here. And now that I'm back here and my family's here, we're raising our children here, I you know, never say never, but I, I'm really not looking to move out of Hawaii. What was the importance of returning to Hawaii, and how did you know it was the right time for you? Uh, you know, being born in Hawaii, and uh, my family is from Hawaii. Both my parents were born and raised in Hawaii, and so, you know, when, when we were growing up as, as small kids, uh, you know, Hawaii was home. We, this is where all our relatives were. This is where our family was, all our friends. My father was an executive with Bank of Hawaii, and in 1968, when they were opening up the Marianas, we moved to Guam with the bank. And at that time, you know, in 1968, Guam was, was not very developed, and we were going far, far away from, from our friends, our family, and we really we didn't know anybody there. And so from that moment, I think, when we stepped foot on that island, even though over time we got to like it and uh, you know, we made a lot of good friends and relationships there, we were always trying to know when we we're going to come back to Hawaii. And it just so happened to take us nine years to get back to Hawaii. So you know, I spent first grade through halfway of, of ninth grade getting back to Hawaii, and my, my father transferred to Hilo to oversee the Big Island operations with the bank. And so I had the opportunity, although we came back to Hawaii, we were kind of starting all over because we'd never been to Hilo. We didn't have any family in Hilo. So we were back in Hawaii, which was great, but we were still not home, as, as I would call Oahu home. And uh, went to high school there. And, you know, after going away to college and working, when it got time to come back, I, I hadn't been here since 68, so it was 22 years of being away from home, and we wanted to come back. And, you know, fortunately, I met my wife in Portland. She's a local girl from Honolulu as well. So when she got done with, with school, we were ready to come home, and we did. Oh, so she said, let's come back, and you said, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Good husband. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't a matter of, um, you know, how some people don't want to take that pay cut, they feel I mean, it might not be the right time for transition. Um, for you, it was just a matter of following the girl and saying, okay, and you, you knew that you could make a life here. Yeah, you know, I, I think we were so young and naive. We didn't, I didn't really even think about the financial aspect of the move because at that time, Portland was, was very inexpensive. You know, houses, nice houses were going for sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. And, you know, we were, make, we were doing okay financially, but, you know, we just wanted to come home. And it wasn't until I think we actually came home and started thinking about buying a house and looking at the prices and trying to do the math that we went, ooh, you know, we're going to have to think about this a little bit. And so we actually ended up living with my folks for a year after we moved back before we finally bought our first home here in Hawaii. So what advice can you give to expats that are in the mainland now wanting to come home? Uh, you can't do it based on a, a financial metric because you'll never come home if that's the, the methodology of choosing where you're going to live. Because, you know, I, I even say this to people within my own organization is, you know, we don't live in Hawaii because, you know, we, it, it's the most uh, positive way that we can financially um, have our life. You know, the cost of living here is high. Real estate's high. Private schools are high. Um, by the time you get done with with paying the you know the fixed cost, you know, good thing we live in Hawaii, <laughs> and and you know I, I think the 
the non-monetary aspects of our life in Hawaii, the culture, the people, the relationships, more than justify the cost. And, and there's just much more to being in Hawaii than the financial aspect of it. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Chad Karasaki, Managing Director of Marsh in Hawaii. You know, um, in the first part, we were talking about how you were with Marsh for about two decades, a little over two decades. Um, while you were, you know, moving through the ranks, what do you think made you stand out to be able to lead the Hawaii division? You know, I don't know that there's anything that makes you stand out other than the fact that you're just you know you're you're willing to work hard you you do the right thing by your clients and ultimately um you know good things happen to you i i just feel like if you show up every day on time if if you if you keep your word and and fulfill your obligations you're 80% there and the other 20% you know, there's a lot of luck involved i mean it's you have to be at the right place at the right time and you have to have good help both below you and above you um, to, to help you get along. And so, you know, I don't know that it's a matter of standing out or anything other than uh, working hard and, and uh, getting the opportunity to, to have a chance to lead, really, or the privilege of leading. You know, there's two types of leaders. There's the leaders that have the titles and they use their power, and then, you know, people, they just do their jobs. And then there's the other leaders who, um, like, for example, your mentor, you said he showed you that whether it was a secretary or it was his partner, everybody is equal and you treat them equally. What was this perspective for you like? And what did you learn from that in regards to relationships and dealing with people in order to reach a success you wanted to? Well, I, I mean, again, I think you, you really, when you're starting out in the business or any walk of life, I guess, for that matter, whether it's in a personal life or a career, there's always people that you look up to. And I don't think in many cases the people that you look up to know how big of an impact they have on you on a day-to-day -day basis because they're just going through their life. And, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, I didn't talk all that much to Mert. We didn't have a lot of deep philosophical conversations. But, you know, I remember when we bought our first house, we didn't make a big announcement about, oh, we bought a house and it's here. And, you know, but one, one day, just out of the blue, I was mowing my yard and up drives Mert's car. And, you know, he's like, oh, I just so happened to be in the neighborhood. So I thought I'd drop by and he had a plant, like a housewarming gift. And, you know, gave it to me, 
said hi, and then just drove off. And I just thought, gee, let's see, Mert lives in Makiki. I live in uh, Kailua. It's not like he's just happening to, to come by here. You know, he made an effort to get in his car, to come all the way out, just, just to, to do something thoughtful. It, you know, it, it didn't do anything for him, and, but it, it had a huge effect on me. And, you know, I'll never forget that, that type of thing. And I, I try to this day to, to be sensitive to those type of things. It, it wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal for me. And I really appreciated it. So what are you concentrating on in terms of building relationships? Because insurance is inherently by nature a lot of relationship building. Well, that's exactly it. I think, you know, relationships is, are based on trust. And trust, in, in the real sense of the word, re really only develops over a long period of time where you fulfilled your obligations and done the right thing or in a period of crisis when something really, really bad happens and you, you're forced to to deal with it, and you may not have built a, a long-term relationship, but the, the event is so critical that going through the event together and having that commonality at, at some point in time afterwards creates a relationship. And so we've been blessed in Hawaii to have both, the best of both worlds. You know, we have long-term client relationships that have been forged over a long period of time where we've gone through generational changes at companies and maintained relationships. And we've had major catastrophic events where we've worked with our customers and, and brought them through those events and, and developed relationships in that manner. And, and quite frankly, those are the ones that uh, I think are the, the most important, that when it was time to do what we needed to do, we actually did what we said we were going to do. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio We're back with Chad Karasaki, Managing Director of Marsh in Hawaii. Marsh is doing quite a bit of charitable giving, as well as yourself. You're involved with a number of charitable organizations. Can you talk about why you folks are involved with that and maybe some of the things that you support? Sure. Um, you know, as an organization, I think even though we're national, um, 
in scope, we understand as a firm that being involved in the community that you serve is is incredibly important. And it's it's not only important from the standpoint of a, a business perspective, but it also provides, I guess, engagement for all of us individually within the community at large. And that's important. I mean, it, even for uh, people that aren't necessarily involved in, in the business side of our business, which I would say the outwardly facing people, our back office people and our support people, just having the ability to get involved in the community is critical. And, uh, you know, what, what we've seen, I guess, over the, the years that we've been in this marketplace is there are not that many companies that have the ability to, to, to give at the levels that are necessary to sustain many of the charitable organizations in town. And so it's incumbent upon those that can to, to really uh, take their responsibility seriously and do so. And, and we, we do take it seriously, and, and we're happy to, to be able to do that. So which organizations is Marsh uh, supporting currently? Well, there are many of them. Um, you know, we are very active in Aloha United Way. Uh, we're very active. The with matching East. pledges, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, we, we work on the uh, committees. You know, I'm, I'm serving on the, the fundraising committee on the, on the business side, so I work in the committee itself as well as running our own campaign. You know, we're part of the pace setters, and we have a lot of leadership givers and, and all that type of thing. And And that one is, I think, it's kind of a win-win because we really use that campaign as not only a way that we can give to Aloha United Way, but we use it as kind of an internal morale, uh, social kind of activity where we design a lot of our fundraising around fun events so that we can all have fun while we're raising money, and it just gives us an excuse to do something other than work. And, uh, you know, it we think that's important to have the, the balance of work and, and social, even amongst, you know, business colleagues. I mean, you just don't want to work? Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, it depends who you ask. <laughs> How important do you think it is for employers to give employees this opportunity to bond um, and also raise funds in an enjoyable and relaxing way together? I think it's critical because it, it you know, work is work. It's it, you know, we can't put too much importance on what we do every day in our work life because it is just that. It's a job. And, you know, this community giving, social interaction, those things are so much more important, I think, in the scope of life than what we do 9 to 5 when we're earning a paycheck. And obviously we all, we've all got to earn, make a career, earn money, pay our bills. But, you know, what goes along with that, the, the relationships we forge and the, the community involvement that we're able to do, I think are, are as important or probably more important than what we do, you know, nine to five. And then how about for you? Are you doing, uh, are you involved with a number of uh, nonprofits outside of the company? Um, no, actually, but we do so many. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to separate, so you separate what you do on then. your own and what you do. I mean, every... I would say every every charity that the firm gives firm corporate money to, we're certainly Leilani and I are, are giving personally to as well. And you know, much of the time that we spend doing the fundraising or going to the charitable charitable events or things of that nature, those are all done on our own time. You know, either after hours, after work, weekends, things of that nature. 
So, so as a company, are you folks deciding what charitable organizations you're supporting, or is it like a team with the employees deciding together? Um, you know, with respect to Aloha United Way, I think one of the, the things that draws us to helping that organization is the breadth of companies that that the donations actually can can help. Um, we we don't really have a committee in-house where we pick that, you know, we're going to do this. Because quite frankly, we do most of them. That I'd say that the, the ones we don't do are, are the exceptions to the ones that we do do. And unfortunately, you know, we we aren't really a company that goes into one charity one year and then goes out of it the next year. It's kind of exponential. You know, once we're in it, we're in it. And as we add new ones over time, we continue with the old ones. And so eventually you get to where we are now where we, we have a very mature roster of, of charitable organizations that we support. Okay. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.